0: Welcome to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the talk.
1: We're gonna look at some images that are gonna come up on the screen, hopefully. Ta-da. Okay, so when we look at images like this, or we see different versions of the birth of Jesus, or maybe it's depicted in films, it can be really comforting and familiar. Yet behind these images, there are undertones of truth, sacrifice and beauty and today we'll be exploring some of the characters from the birth of jesus and their journey towards the manger and we will see how this can inform our journey towards christmas we'll also be doing a bit of a quiz to look at where some of the tradition and history has shaped how we see the manger story but actually it maybe isn't quite how it's written in the bible So first we're going to look at how in the Old Testament uh, we see God reaching different people in different ways, bringing salvation to the nation of Israel. There is a pattern of God rescuing the nation, about him helping them come over their sin and broken relationship with God. And the Christmas story is his next way of doing that. He intervenes directly into this broken relationship, but in new and surprising ways. Now, I'm going to be asking some children to come and dress up as different characters, but please be aware, if you let your child come down, they will be on the live stream, they will be on our social media, maybe. So, let's look at our first character in the story, which is Mary. Uh, so, can I have two volunteers? I need a Mary and an angel. So, and it's like Lizzie's going to be one of my volunteers. Um, and Lydia, do you want to come and be my other one? Now hopefully costumes will fit. Oh, and Ben looks like he's volunteering himself as a star, which is completely unnecessary, but very welcomed. Um, (laughs) Okay. So, when we look at Mary, oh, my first question is, how old do we think Mary is? Anyone got any guesses? How old do you think, Tim? How old? 15, so Tim's going 15, anyone else got any ideas? Anyone else? Get shout loud. Fourteen. Okay, well, according to sort of tradition and what we can tell, she might have been twelve, which to me seems really shocking. But in the culture and the time, that was the normal age for a marriage betrothal. So betrothal means that you're promising to marry someone else. And what happens at that time is the agreements and the money uh, are sort of set but the marriage doesn't take, um, t- doesn't take place until about a year after the betrothal. So, um, we've got our, we'll come, we'll come up Mary and Angel. So we're gonna build up our nativity scene as we go. So Mary, do you wanna stand behind your baby Jesus? And uh, Lizzie, do you want to just stand next to her? And then we're gonna have our first reader. <laughs> That's not gonna be off-putting at all, Ben. <laughs> um, which is our lovely Tony. Uh, to read
2: us this bit of the story. Right, the first reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, and it starts at verse 28. And surprisingly, it says, the birth of Jesus foretold. Now, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. Then the angel left her.
1: Thank you, Tony. So we have Mary, she's an ordinary girl, It's our beautiful Mary, Um, and it's evident that she has faith and understanding of God and His significance. The phrase, the Lord is with you, I think notes how she has a personal relationship with God. And that she has um, the courage and the strength found in this relationship to face this great challenge before her. Mary is faithful even when facing this massive challenge. And how can we do the same this Advent? And so then when Mary, she goes and meets her cousin, and they have this encounter. Um, Elizabeth is expecting John, and um, they have this encounter. And she says these amazing words. I'm not going to read them, but they should come up on the screen, hopefully, um, of the mag- magnifica. And um, I think these words uh, sort of echo the words of Hannah when she, in the Old Testament, when she finds out, or she has her baby. And um, also helps us have echoes of what Jesus is going to be like. The words of justice and how rich God's love is. Okay, so we're going to have our next question. And our next question is, how did Mary travel to Bethlehem? Got a donkey. Is that what we're going for? Oh, we've got some hands up here. What do you think, lads? Donkey. It seems pretty nice, You all think donkey. Okay, so... Oh, we've got something else? A pony. May a pony, yeah? Okay, so as far as we know, it doesn't say in the Bible that Mary travelled on a donkey. All it says, we have three lines that it says, said Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem, and while they're there, she went to labour. It doesn't mention how they got there. So the donkey's kind of like been added in uh, later on. Okay, I need a gentleman this time, a little uh, boy to play uh, Joseph. Have we got a Joseph? Yes, you want to come down and be our Joseph? Yeah, oh, that's nice, a bit of encouragement. I like that, that's good. And we also need our second Bible reading, please.
3: Okay, our second Bible reading is from Matthew, and it's in chapter one, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave
1: him the name Jesus. Brilliant. So, we now have our next character, Joseph, and he is a very important character. Now, he was probably about 14 years old when he hears that Mary is pregnant, and he tries to think of a caring and honourable way to break off the engagement. So, not to get, so Mary wouldn't be harmed or hurt because if, if they found out she was pregnant before she was married, that could be uh, the case. Now, Joseph can sometimes feel a bit like an accompanying character, a sort of add-on. We don't give him much time or thought. But if his actions had been different, the story would have had a very different ending. This baby that resides in Mary is conceived by the Holy Spirit, the same creative power that created the universe. And has been entrusted into the protection and care of this teenage boy. And yet, through several encounters with angels, more than any other of the characters in the Christmas story, Joseph managed to protect Mary. He's faithful to her. They travel from different towns, he supports her through the birth, they escape to Egypt and return to Nazareth, all under the instruction and guidance of God. Joseph serves the Lord. Even though the way forward is uncertain, and he is the Lord's servant, how can we be ready to serve God this Christmas time? Now, Joseph's family line is also very important to the writers of our Gospels in Matthew and Luke. It starts as part of uh, Jesus' lineage and family tree. But Joseph has no part in the birth of Jesus. So why is his family tree so important? Well, in Jewish law, it was if the, um, if the adoption was happened, it was as legitimate as any birth through marriage. And so the line of David becomes Jesus' inheritance as his firstborn. Okay, so I have our next question. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem, any particular building or dwelling a stable okay so let's have a look at that then so uh, the text doesn't say that jesus was born in a barn or a stable it only says that mary laid him in a manger so although this might suggest to us that it would be a barn or stable um it is likely that it was not the case in rooms of villages and towns at that time because they often uh, had mangers in their houses It's likely that Mary gave birth uh, to Jesus uh, while staying in one of Joseph's relatives in Bethlehem. But because the room they stayed in likely to be a guest room or a hastily added chamber, it would not accommodate the birth. So Mary would have to give birth in the larger family room and lay him in a nearby manger. Okay, we're going to have our third reading now. And Angie's going to come and bring
0: that. The third reading is from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
1: Thank you, Angie. Amazing, so we have our next characters. I think, have we got two, Ben? Yeah. So I need two shepherds. Have I got any volunteers for two shepherds? Come on, there must be two. Anyone gonna give it a go? Oh, yes, come, come, that would be brilliant. Oh, no, she changed her mind. You can come. No? Oh, we're going to have Tony. I don't know if it's going to fit you, Tony, but we'll give it a go. Uh, anyone else want to be with Tony? No? Oh, i Oh, I love it. You've got Ben's hat. That's great. Come up with us, Tony. And uh, We have a sheep costume, if anyone fancy that, instead. And where's Yash when you need him, eh? <laughs> yes, we've got a volunteer. Amazing. Okay, so, our Shepherds. So they're often portrayed as unlikely guests at the birth of Jesus, but actually, even though their work was smelly and isolating and difficult, they were not ordinary shepherds. They were priestly shepherds. They were special shepherds who uh, were round the edge of um, Bethlehem, and they were preparing the perfect lambs to be sacrificed in the temple. They were trained to look after the mother's sheep, and when the time came for a lamb to be born, they would go to a nearby cave, um, and they would uh, care for the new babies, um, and and uh, they would... Um, They would make sure there was no harm done to them. So they would be in some of the, can you see the towers? They're watchtowers, and there'd be a bottom room uh, with a manger in. And when the baby lamb was born, they would wrap them in swaddling, which is basically ripped up bits of material, and then place them in those special mangers. So they were perfect. There was no harm or damage done to them. Um, So I think when the angel says to them, this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger, they would understand what these words meant. They would get the imagery of the sacrificial lamb, the perfect sacrifice, that this was the Messiah that had been foretold. And as they gazed at that little baby, they knew that he had come to save them and all humanity. And the shepherds don't keep this amazing discovery to themselves, but they go and tell everyone. They're excited. They're worshipping. And everyone is amazed at this good news. So our challenge is, how are we going to be like the shepherds this Christmas, sharing this good news, being amazed afresh at this amazing story? Now, how many King's costumes do we have, Ben? We've got three kings costumes. Now, I'm gonna pick on some people if, uh, if uh, I don't get any children. So, have I got any kings? Yes, I've got two kings up there, that's amazing. Dave, you can be relieved you're not gonna get picked on. <laughs> um, we could have one more, but that's not important too much if we don't get another one. Because my next question is, how many kings were there? Three, Tim says three. Anyone got a different answer? Oh, there's good mumbling, but I can't tell what's actually been... Oh, yes, how many do you think? You think three kings. Well, we have been told many times in songs and in art that there were three kings. But unfortunately, yet again, the Bible does not mention a number of the kings or the magi, wise men. The problem is, you see, in the biblical account in Matthew, it does mention three gifts. So the three gifts make us think that maybe there were three kings. A hat will do if the costumes are too small, so don't feel pressure to try and fit them on. Um, uh, But um, the other thing about the kings is they would not have been at the birth of Jesus at the same time as the shepherds and the angel and all the other characters. They would probably have visited some point in the first two years. So although they are present in our nativity, very well dressed as you can see, they would not have been in our nativity story the first Christmas. Okay, so I hope I haven't ruined anyone's Christmas, but uh, there is still this amazing good news in this story. Jesus really was born, whether in a cave or in a stable or in the guest room, in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. The message, as the message translation puts it, Gods became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhoods. And while some of the details that happened are a bit blurry, maybe being romanticised, or um, the definition is true—that Jesus is our saviour, that when He came, He changed everything—and I hope that truth remains true for you this Christmas. And like Mary. Let's try and treasure up all these things. Now, I have some challenges for you that are going to come up on the screen. This Christmas, will you be like Mary, be faithful even when facing challenges? Or like Joseph, ready for what God has for you to be used this Advent season? And where can we be like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the angels and the wise men as they praise God, even in trying seasons, in difficult times? Will you let this baby in the manger capture your hearts and share this good news of the coming Messiah? Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.